Hi, I'm Willow Belden, and you're listening to Out There, the podcast that explores big questions through intimate stories outdoors. Before we get started, I have two pieces of nice news. First, I wanted to let you know that we put together a playlist for you. It's called Hopeful Hues, and it's a collection of podcast episodes and songs that our team found hopeful or comforting in some way. You can find the playlist on Spotify. Simply search for Hopeful Hues. We'll be adding to it periodically, so check back whenever you need a dose of optimism. And if you have suggestions for episodes or songs we should add, just let us know. The other piece of news I wanted to share is that I will be one of the speakers at a live event tonight. And by live, I mean via Zoom, obviously. The title of the event is Telling It, How Stories Shape the World. It's hosted by the Wyoming Institute for Humanities Research, and it's part of their virtual Think and Drink series. I'd love it if you would join us. Just head over to our website, outtherepodcast.com, for the Zoom link. The event starts at 5.30 p.m. Mountain Time. Support for Out There comes from Kula Cloth, a high-tech pee cloth for women and anyone who wipes when they pee. The Kula Cloth was designed with outdoor adventures in mind, and it's great for that. But I've started using mine at home, too. It's a great way to conserve toilet paper. For 10% off your Kula Cloth order, go to KulaCloth.com and enter the promo code OUTTHERE at checkout. That's K-U-L-A-Cloth.com, promo code OUTTHERE. This is the time of year when a lot of people usually begin through hikes. The Appalachian Trail, the Pacific Crest Trail, the Continental Divide Trail. All of these long-distance footpaths are typically busy in the springtime as hikers get started on their journeys. But this year, many hikers are quitting before they even start. The organizations that oversee the trails have sent a clear message. Please stay home. That might sound counterintuitive. After all, it seems like it would be easy to practice social distancing if you're out in the wilderness. But it's not quite so simple. Imagine you're a thru-hiker on the PCT. It's going to take you five or six months to hike the whole trail, and obviously you can't carry enough food for that whole time on your back, so... You stop in little towns along the way to resupply. While you're in those towns, you not only pick up more food, but you probably also go out to eat, you have a beer, spend the night in a hostel, etc. And you do this in town after town after town. If you pick up COVID-19, you are now a disease vector. You might not know you have it, but you'll be spreading it. And the communities that you're spreading it to are often very small. They don't have a lot of resources to deal with an outbreak. There might not even be a hospital nearby. So, thru-hikers are being asked to cancel their trips. The hope is that if they stay away, some of these small rural towns will be able to self-isolate and protect themselves from the pandemic. 
Today, we're going to talk with two hikers who have canceled their through hikes. We'll talk about the ethical considerations they've grappled with, the emotional fallout that comes from canceling a life-changing journey, and also some silver linings. Our first guest is Maggie Slepian. She's an editor at The Trek, which is a website about long-distance hiking. Maggie was scheduled to start hiking the Pacific Crest Trail, or PCT, on April 29th. But a couple of weeks ago, she decided to cancel. I think what really sealed the deal for me was the morality of it. And this was before the trail organizations requested anyone to change their plans. Um, but I was seeing that the um, the CDC yeah, was asking people to limit their non-essential travel. And I was thinking to myself, you know, what's less essential than taking a six-month hike up the entire coast? And I talked to my boyfriend, who's done several through hikes, and he was the one who initially brought up the idea to me that these communities could self-isolate. And um, hikers would be walking from one community to the next and going in and using limited resources. And I was thinking that, to me, just seemed so selfish. And again, this was before everything felt really serious to me um, on, on a global level, even. And so it just seemed like a selfish thing to do. And I thought that maybe with the platform I had, um, then I could be an example for other hikers starting and say, like, this is a terrible thing that we're asking you to do and suggesting that you do, which is cancel the six-month hike you had planned. But, you know, consider everybody else in the trail communities. Do you want to be exposing them to a potential infection, which could devastate a community with limited resources? So a through-hike is a big deal. I mean... On the on the one hand, it you know it's clearly not not essential travel, but on the other hand, it is it's a big deal for a lot of people. It's six months of your life. You know, you tend to you tend to put a lot of things on hold. A lot of people quit jobs to 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 do these. Um, how did you feel when you decided to cancel your hike? Oh my God, I was crushed. I'm still crushed. Um, I've been thinking about the PCT for years. I've been actively planning it for a year and I had everything ready to go. I own a house. I have a pet. Um, I had people lined up, roommates who rent upstairs for me were going to watch the animal for me and take care of the house for me. Um, I had um, terminated my truck insurance and I was going to leave my truck in the garage for six months. And it's all the logistics that go into it. I had my health insurance set to terminate and I had, um, I was ready to get the traveler's insurance and, um, I had quit my job. We were in the process of finding my replacement. We were in the last round of interviews with this long process of finding a replacement editor for six months. Um, everything was ready to go. I put my notice into my other contract jobs. And so, yeah, you can say that a through hike is not essential, which is, which was kind of the platform that I stood on for this. But at the same time, it's more than canceling a two week vacation. I had my entire life was ready to go. And, um, to have that get flipped upside down so fast and just have it feel like it wasn't really in my control, um, was crushing and it still is. It's, it's unlikely that I'll get to do this next year just because there's so many things that have to be in place to leave for six months. And I don't know what the living situation is going to look like next year. I don't know financially what it's going to look like um, just because, you know, no one's job is really that secure right now. And so, yeah, sometimes I, it hits me hard and I'm pretty upset by it. And then I 
have to remind myself that I have it better than a lot of people right now. I was able to get my job back. Um, so they canceled the interview process and uh, my boss was really understanding and I own the house that I live in. And so I was, I didn't have to call a landlord um, and beg for a room back. And so I was able to do an entire pivot within six weeks for what my next year will look like. And so I am lucky with that, but I'm absolutely crushed that I can't do this. What are you doing to cope with the disappointment of not getting to go? Oh, nothing. Nothing at all. I'm doing so poorly, actually. Um, (laughs) So the first, I know it's terrible. So the first main issue that I'm dealing with right now is undoing all of the preparation that I've done for the PCT. I like to think of myself as pretty organized and prepared. And so because of that, I had, like I said earlier, I had terminated um, different insurance policies. It was getting set up to not be here for six months. And now it's proven a lot more challenging than I thought it would to undo all of those things. Um, I can't get back on my health insurance plan because there's no open enrollment right now. Um, and so I only have health insurance through April. And then I'm trying to look at other options to do short-term insurance in Montana. Um, and health insurance seems especially critical right now. Um, I, you know, I'm having trouble figuring out um, what's going on with my car insurance account, which is supposed to terminate. Um, And so, yeah, right now I'm kind of just trying to work through the logistics of undoing my preparations. And so I'm busy with that right now. And so I think the real problem is going to be when the dust settles and we're not seeing this rapid fire news cycle changing minute by minute. And, um, and we're just kind of looking at the wreckage of what we had all planned for this year. And so later, I will probably try to come up with something to make myself feel better. But I don't know what that is yet. What are you hearing from other hikers who had planned to do through hikes this year? Pretty much the same. Um, varying levels of just being absolutely soul crushed by this. And um, also there's, there's a lot of community support. I think knowing that um, we did the right thing by canceling even before those ordinances came out from the different trail organizations. And I think um, that there's, there's a lot of solidarity, especially because we are all, we were going to be doing the same thing this year. We were all going to be starting from one point and attempting to hike, you know, 2000 plus miles. And now we're all going through the same thing again, which is looking at this gaping hole that we now have. All of us had planned to leave. This was the start of the season. Um, People were already on the trail. I know people who were on the AT and the PCT already, and they had to get off the trail. Um, A lot of them can't, are still trying to figure out housing. They're in self quarantine right now. So yeah, we're all just trying to figure out um, if we can do this next year and what we're going to do this year and trying to figure out housing and our insurances and jobs. And it's just a really tumultuous time to try to be figuring out any of those things. Obviously nothing's really that stable right now. Sure. So I'm guessing there probably still are some people who are going ahead with their hikes, despite all the recommendations not to. Um, Yes. (laughs) (laughs) You say that as if you have very strong opinions about this. (laughs) I, I think that is honest. I mean, I guess I can say this. I think it's not morally sound is the polite way of saying it. Um, I think it's 
selfish. And I know, you know, for a lot of people, they've been planning this. I've been planning this for a year. Other people have been planning this for their entire lives. There are a, there are a lot of retired folks who plan it through hike, and they don't know if they're going to be healthy next year or have the ability to do it. And I understand that it's that you're giving up a huge event in your life, like a life uh, through hiking is a life changing event, and you're giving that up. Um, for some people that might be permanently. Um, and so I understand that it's hard, but I also think that you have to look at the bigger picture. There's a global pandemic happening right now and you have the potential to be spreading it to different communities. And so if you're staying on the trail after these trail organizations are not just recommending that you leave the trail, but explicitly asking you to, I guess I just don't understand why. Yeah, sure, hike your own hike, um, but also consider what you're doing to the community and the trail angels and the people who have dedicated so much of their lives to helping hikers. You know, what if you're responsible for getting them sick and spreading it in their community? Are there any silver linings from all of this for the outdoor community? I think there's a sense of solidarity between people. And I think that it starts out as just a vague idea that maybe we can make these sacrifices and then it kind of spreads in a wave and it becomes the thing that you should be doing. And I think that there's a sense of pride that comes with people seeing themselves make a sacrifice like this. And again, I know that we're all very privileged to even be able to consider going on a long distance hike or to be able to do these backcountry sports and activities. But if there is a silver lining, I think that it's and understanding that we're all doing the right thing for each other. And I could probably hike the PCT and I'm not worried, you know, maybe I should be, but I'm not that worried about getting sick. But would I want to spread it to a trail angel? Would I want to bring it into a community? No. And so for me, it's almost gratifying to know that um, I feel like I made the right choice. And I don't know if my hike will happen next year, but I also know that I'm lucky to be in a place where I can get outside eventually again and do the things I want to do. And um, I'm just grateful to the community for how they responded to the suggestion that maybe we should postpone our hikes and maybe you should give this up for the greater good of the trail community. It just, it, I don't know, it fills my heart up a little bit. Mm. Well, Maggie, thanks so much for talking with me. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you, Willow. Great chatting with you. Maggie Slepian is an editor at The Trek, a website about long-distance hiking. She's written several pieces about her decision to cancel her thru-hike. We have links to those on our website, outtherepodcast.com. We also have links to blog posts from several other hikers who have canceled their trips. Again, you can read all of that at our website, outtherepodcast.com. After the break... What is it like bailing on a thru-hike once you've already started? We'll talk with a woman who went home just a week into her AZT thru-hike. But first... Hello? That's my friend Ruth. I'm calling her to do a social distance tea tasting. She is a major tea lover. Okay, so Ruth, mm-hmm. how many different types of tea would you say you have in your house right now? 
at least 60. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> like I said, major tea lover. The tea that we're tasting today is English breakfast tea from Kusa. Kusa Tea is one of our sponsors for this episode. They make premium instant tea, like instant coffee, but tea. Ruth and I had planned to do this tea tasting in person, but coronavirus. So we're doing it over the phone. Mm. So I just took my first sip. I like it. If you had to describe it, how mm -hmm. would you describe it? Mm. Like London in a cup. <laughs> Can't travel to London right now, but you can have London in a cup. <laughs> Kusa makes a wide assortment of black, green, and herbal teas. For 30% off your entire order, go to kusatea.com and enter the promo code OUTTHERE at checkout. That's C-U-S-A-T-E-A dot com, promo code OUTTHERE. And now, back to thru-hiking. A lot of people ended up canceling their hikes just before they were supposed to start. But what about those people who had already started? I called up a woman named Allison Gonzalez to hear what that's like. Allison lives in Arizona, and she started hiking the Arizona Trail, or AZT, last month. This was going to be my first thru-hike, my first backpacking trip as well. I had never um, slept in a small tent ever in my life. I had to actually buy one <laughs> to go on the trip. Allison's decision to go on this hike was kind of spur of the moment. She'd been laid off last fall, and her dog had recently died, and she wanted to get away from everything for a while. Then she saw an online post from a woman in her hiking group. Uh, she put up a request to say, does anybody want to go with me to through the AZT? And I thought, AZT? I've never heard of that trail. But AZ, that's Arizona, it must be near me. So without even looking, I said, I'll go with you. <laughs> they started their hike on March 13th. The coronavirus was on their radar, but it didn't seem like that big a deal yet. I had to fly from Las Vegas to Tucson. And so even in the airport, you notice people not touching anything and staying away. Well, they weren't staying six feet away yet, but everybody was kind of keeping to themselves. So we were kind of getting news of it, but nothing dramatic yet. And we thought, well, I don't know if this gets worse. I guess we'll just have to come off. Let's go ahead and try it. I know Jan's husband, she's from Wyoming. Her husband was keeping her kind of up to date on the coronavirus, but nothing dramatic that we thought, oh, we need to get off the trail. It was more, we, our thought process the first three or four days was, well, we're isolated, so we don't have to worry about this. So we didn't think of it as a big deal until about, I think it was five days and when we got, we rolled into Patagonia and we started getting more news about what was going on. Um, that might have been about the time when we started hearing that cities in uh, California were telling people to stay home. And I have a son in the Bay Area, and I started thinking, gosh, if they're telling him to stay home, that means he's not working. And it started to stress me out a little bit for him. What kind of made my mind up to keep going, because we still were on the trail for three more days, 
was getting information from the Arizona Trail Association, the ATA. And they said, basically, if you already started, keep going, keep going and, and do your hike through of the Arizona Trail. If you haven't started, please don't. Um, we don't we don't want to strain any of the towns of their resources. Um, we don't want any emergencies. And then the next three days, information just started trickling into us. Uh, Jan's husband was sending her information in text and uh, she was reading emails and such. And, and, and so little bits of information was starting to trickle in that uh, restaurants were starting to close. Uh, trail angels were starting to say that they no longer were volunteering or picking up hikers. Um, because of the coronavirus, a lot of our trail angels are retired, so they didn't want to take that risk. So they were stopping. As a rookie, I started, I, that really spooked me, I guess. Um, you know, I didn't want to be stranded out there. The fact that you start to think I was just on a plane a week and a half before that, and I could be a carrier, I would hate to travel from town to town and spread it um, or come down with it because I still hadn't been out for too long and come down with it and try to get home. All these scenarios start running through your head. Um, I, I did, the risk now was too much for me and so I made the decision to come off trail. I'm not going to lie, I was relieved because I, um, for a couple of days, I was started, it was, that's what the thoughts were going through my mind. When I was hiking trail, I wasn't thinking, oh, that's a beautiful sunset. That's, oh, I wonder what tree that is. Oh, this feels so good. It's so quiet. Look at that stream. I'm so glad we have water. You know, I, regular hiker thoughts weren't going through my mind anymore. They were, what if this, what if that, what if I am sick? What if I bring it home to my mom? What if, what if my kids can't get a hold of me? What if I can't get food? You know, so uh, it was kind of a relief to, to be off trail. And, you know, this was an optional trip. This isn't like I had, I have to be out there. So it's non-essential and you know, I can pick it back up again. That was Allison Gonzalez. She's hoping to finish the trail later once the pandemic is under control. A few quick announcements before you go. First, If you'd like to be a storyteller at our live storytelling night, pitches are due April 3rd. That's tomorrow. You can find all the details at our website, outtherepodcast.com. Secondly, I have a little project for you. It's something to do at home, of course, and you can do it on your own or with kids. You can even include your pets. Here's what I want you to do. Take your phone, go to your window, and record a voice memo describing what you see. Feel free to be as creative as you want with this. You can describe the physical scenery, but you can also describe what you're feeling or the thoughts that are running through your mind as you look out the window. 
If you have kids, maybe hand the phone to them and ask them to describe what they see. If you have pets, you could describe the scene from your pet's point of view. There are really no rules here other than to have fun with it. When you're done, email me your voice memo along with a photo of the view from your window. We might use your voice memo or parts of it on the show, and we might also feature what you send us on our website or social media. My email address is willow at outtherepodcast.com. Finally, as I mentioned at the top of the show, if you're looking for something comforting to listen to, check out our playlist, Hopeful Hues. It's available for free on Spotify, and we have a link to it on our website as well, outtherepodcast.com. That's it for this episode. Our strategic advisor is Alex Eggerking. Our advertising manager is Jessica Taylor. Sheba Joseph is our audience growth director. Ben Montoya is our production intern. And our theme music was written by Jared Arnold. Please be safe out there. This too shall pass. In the meantime, thank you for doing your part. <laughs>